Hey friends, welcome to Wall Builders today. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective, and we're glad to have you along with us. It's, of course, Good News Friday. We love these opportunities to just dive into all the good news stories, more than we could possibly cover one day a week. I even ran into somebody recently that said, man, why don't you just do Good News Friday all week long? Well, a lot of times even our interviews are good news themselves, but, uh, but, but Friday's a special day. It's a chance for us to just rattle off those good news stories as fast as we can. David and Tim put a lot of effort into collecting these stories and bringing them to us, and and I very much look forward to this day of the week, every single week, and the opportunity to hear these stories. So I know you want to get to it. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, here with David and Tim Barton, David Barton, America's Premier Historian and our founder at Wall Builders, Tim Barton, National Speaker and Pastor and President of Wall Builders. All right, it's time for some good news, and I just, I just want to say, guys, we are fast approaching our 600th Good News Friday. So this is like number five. 90, 590, that's not 590 Wall Builders Live programs. I think we're, I don't know, what would we be like 2,500 of those or something, but almost 600 that are just good news, just sharing good news. Can you imagine? I'd love to add up. I wish we had a way to add up. Well, we we do, but I'm not going to go back and listen to 600 programs to add it up. Uh, but wouldn't it be great to know? I mean, we probably do what? I don't know, six, seven, eight sometimes per show. So that's like, I don't, I don't know, 4,000, 4, 5,000 good news shows. I mean, good news stories. Over the course of the years. Good stuff, guys. All right. Sorry, I just had to, you know, point that out to our listeners that may be new. Go for it. First piece of good news, David. First piece of good news is already out there. The first piece is that there's been so much good news over the years. <laughs> That's so right. second piece of good news. <laughs> this is really kind of closing the books on something that we fought for 25 to 60 years, depending on how you count this. But you go to embryonic stem cell research, and that was a really big thing throughout the, the 2000, um, right through President Bush. It, it actually goes back to President Clinton. President Clinton announced that, that they have the capacity now to solve all human suffering and misery because of embryonic stem cell research. It used to be called fetal tissue research, but it dealt with taking a fetus or an unborn child, an, an embryo, and destroying the life, but keeping the components and keeping the parts, keeping the body parts, and and, and de- devoting them to create solutions, they would think, for whatever was going on. And so there were a lot of Hollywood people that jumped on it. I remember Michael Fox, you know, way back uh, under Bill Clinton at the early part of George Bush, he said, Par- I'm going to be able to get rid of Parkinson's because of embryonic stem cell research. Christopher Reeve, who played Superman and was hurt in the horse accident, broke his neck. He said, I'm going to be able to recover everything back. I'll have all, all capabilities back because of embryonic stem cell research. And so from a moral standpoint, George W. Bush came in and said, no, this is the wrong thing to do. You don't kill unborn children, take their body parts and try to find a solution. This is unethical. And it's interesting, the very first speech that George Bush gave, the first televised speech he gave was embryonic stem cell research. That was his first speech ever. And he addressed that issue. And and Uh, you mean as president, right? His first speech as as president. Thank you. As president. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. When he became president, that was his first televised speech. I had opportunity to be invited on multiple occasions to be there as signing of pro-life bills that he did. And I think and, at that point- And that's point, tough, David. I mean, just so people understand, if you go back in time to that moment, that was a hotly contested issue. Oh, yeah. And if you were against that adult, you know, that, that embryonic stem cell research, they acted like you were anti-science. You didn't care about people that had disease. I mean, they really demonized you. And so for him to pick that, I just want to make sure people understand the context of the fact that he was willing to do that as his first speech as president. 
It was amazing. I, I think it was either six or seven federal laws he signed that limited abortion. And while we say Trump is the most pro-life president in history, there's no question that the justices he put on the court is what allowed abortion to end. But there's also no question that there were more pro-life bills signed by George W. Bush than any president before or after him. So he did immense work in that. And, and way back then, we knew fetal tissue research, uh, embryonic stem cell, whatever, is not going to work. We've talked about it in programs over recent years, how that when California had that referendum, and I think it was $3 billion, they voted to go to embryonic stem cell research. It got to where they quit giving grants to embryonic stem cell research because nothing was working. They went to adult stem cell research. And adult, you don't have to kill a person to have adult stem cells. You can get that real, literally off the palm of your hand or out of the inside of your mouth or just uh, s- s- regular skin cells. And so now here's the report out that goes through all the failures of embryonic stem cell over the past 25 years. And the fact that no one is talking about it anymore. Uh, Michael J. Fox is out saying, well, it's not going to be embryonic stem cell. It's going to be something else. I mean, this this is a, a dead, dead movement. Uh, it caused a lot of harm and a lot of death along the way. But people were convinced that this this was going to be the the new fountain of youth. That with this they could live forever, and whatever problem you had, it was it was going to be taken care of. But it's not, and and just you know, kind of related to a pro life stuff. And it's not a good news story necessarily, but it just shows. Hang on, how- bro. Before you before you go to that next one, because I interrupted you when you were about to tell the story. You were actually at some of the signings. I was some of that pro life. You were about to tell that, and I and I jumped in on on uh, on W and, and some of the things that he did. Um, so don't, don't, don't move off of that too quick. Cause I think that again, it's 20 years ago, but a lot of our listeners don't know about that. Yeah. And, and we were invited to multiple signings that he did. Um, there were kind of smaller groups and, and, you know, we'd do it in a secure place location, but he signed a number of pro-life bills and people just don't give him credit for that. And, and so he did so many things really, really well. Um, and it was just a time when you couldn't get everything done you wanted to. And there's no question that Trump gets credit for having put the justices on that that dumped this. But there's also no question that that George W. Bush stuck his neck out a lot. And by the way, he did it with his faith as well. Uh, what he did on 9-11 going forward, calling the nation to prayer and times of prayer, he issued national prayer proclamations that haven't been done in, in literally generations. Uh, he was very, very strong. And, and people may not think he's the most conservative president ever, and, and that's fine. But he did some great stuff. So within that framework, it's interesting to see how the left is just determined to, to keep knowledge from coming out. And this next story relates to Missouri. And Missouri, in Missouri, they have a referendum that's coming up on the ballot initiative. And it is a referendum that will actually allow abortions. Um, it, it, here, here's basically what it does. It would prevent Missouri from banning abortions before an unborn child reached 24 weeks. So in other words, we're going to make sure that you can't prevent abortions in the first 24 weeks. So all it allows is late-term abortion prevention. All the the referendum does is late-term abortion prevention, but you can abort any other time up to 24 weeks. And here's the language. It enshrines a person's fundamental right to reproductive freedom. So the, the state can't limit our choice to kill an unborn child. And so as the Secretary of State is, is talking about this referendum, and as we have in Texas and most other states, when there's a ballot initiative or referendum, the Secretary of State often will put a little blurb out there what this is about, what it's dealing with. It's to reduce property taxes. It's to take care of this farming program or whatever. And, and so the, the Attorney General of Missouri said, uh, this is a bill that deals with abortion. 
Now, it doesn't have the word abortion in it. It deals with reproductive rights, and you can terminate a fetus before 24 weeks. But when the Secretary of State said that's abortion, the court struck it down and said, no, 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 you can't use the word abortion. That's an inflammatory word. It's like you don't want anybody to know what this is about. This is crazy because what was happening with embryonic research, stem cell research, and, and fetal tissue research, these guys are so scared that their science might be struck down that they won't even let you talk about what it represents. We've seen the same thing with climate change. So while what's going on in Missouri, everybody just know when that referendum comes up, it is about abortion. While the judges said that the Secretary of State can't say that, we can say that. So remember that in the elections coming up. But the good news is that another really uh, another idol uh, of the progressive left, and that is embryonic stem cell research, has just crashed and burned. And that's good for all of America. It's good for human life everywhere. Very good news. Okay, Tim, did you notice um, that David slipped in two good news stories there? I just I just want to make sure um, for those at home keeping score that uh, that David got two pieces of good news there and you haven't got to do one yet. So uh, you think you can slip two in and even the score here? Well, I, I think actually that's uh, better than par for the course because usually he's like, oh, hey, let me read these four headlines I have real quick. <laughs> yeah, but they're all related. They're all related because they, they happened this century. They're related. And so therefore, uh, we're okay, actually hold that thought because we're almost a halfway. And so, Tim, when we come back from the break, hey, just take the whole the whole second half, man. What, however many stories you know, seriously. When we come back, rattle off as many good news as, as you can before we toss it back to your dad. Hang on, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wall Builders. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. Many today wrongly claim our founding fathers were largely atheists, agnostics, and deists. Certainly some founders were less religious than others, but even they were not irreligious. Consider Benjamin Franklin, definitely one of the least religious among them, yet when the delegates at the Constitutional Convention hit an impasse in their deliberations, it was Franklin who called them to prayer, invoking numerous scriptures to make his point. As he reminded them, God governs in the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. So even the least religious of America's founders urged public prayer and dependence on God. For more information about the faith of the founding fathers, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. Good news Friday today. And uh, we gave Tim like the whole second half. So, to, okay, what? however many you want to throw in there, and you can relate them like any way you want. Like they happened this continent. Um, they were both done by human beings. I mean, you, you just figure out a way to make them relate and they're in. So let's start with the, the, the first one on top of my stack is House GOP unveils Israel aid bill that would take back funds from Biden's massive IRS funding surge to pay for it. Now, uh, for those that have been paying attention, uh, President Biden is still promoting uh, that we send billions upon billions of military aid over to Ukraine. Uh, and then he said, hey, we'll include Israel funding in this Ukraine bill. He suggested $100 billion of aid. And they're just going to put everything in it, right? This is just kind of like their, their omnibus. Everything goes in this. This is the sausage. We're just going to put all the pieces together and it's all going to come out great. In this funding from Biden's proposal... It was going to include uh, some portion of funding, maybe uh, for 
the Southern immigration issue, although we're not really sure how much and where it was going to be used and what was going to happen. And so the House Republicans said, look, instead of doing this this deal where you say the only way we can get funding to Israel is if we continue to fund your buddies in Ukraine, where there's been no oversight and no accountability with any of those tens or hundreds of billions of dollars that have gone over there. And we already know some of that money's made its way back to America, which not to digress on that, because it's good news. The Republicans said that they wanted to put forward a package, and they did. It was a $14.3 billion for military aid only to Israel. And what's even better about this is they offset the cost and the expense by saying they're going to take a portion of the $80 billion that was dedicated to the IRS with the Inflation Reduction Act, and they're going to take the money from the IRS and use it to help fund Israel. So maybe we won't have those 80,000 plus IRS agents or however many it was uh, that are going to be added coming our way. Uh, obviously, with this being said, it's going to still have to make it through the Senate. Uh, they do expect, even though this was bipartisan in the House, you had Democrats and Republicans voting for this because there's enough people that are paying attention saying we, we actually ought to just do some bills that are only about what the bill is actually about. Let's not add everything else into this bill and pretend like we're just funding Israel when we're funding all these other pet projects. It's really encouraging to me that you had a bipartisan support in the House. Uh, they, they do expect once it goes into the Senate side, there'll be some opposition in the Senate from the Senate Democrats uh, who probably are going to be as supportive uh, because what they're going to do, they're going to leverage and say, well, we'll fund Israel as long as you help us fund all these other things that we want to do. So that's going to be a battle, but at least right now, we have a house that is doing something based on principle. This is something that uh, we, we were much more hopeful over the last many Republican speakers. We would see something like this. We didn't see this from Boehner. We didn't see this from Ryan. We didn't really see this from McCarthy. And, and not that those guys didn't do something positive along the way, but, but this is something that so many of us have been saying for so long. Let's not... <laughs> Let's not put all of our funding in one bill, and therefore, if you don't pass the bill, you don't get anything. Let, let's actually say, let, let's just do one thing at a time, and let's make sure we know what we are voting on instead of uh, whatever we've been doing to this point. So again, this is really good news to me. Now, actually, guys, something that totally relates to this, uh, it's basically the same thing. It uses different words. Um, the headline's slightly different, but it's basically the same thing. It was a Catholic farmer who was barred from a market uh, for his beliefs on marriage, um, and he was able to triumph after a six-year lawsuit. So it's it's almost the same thing as funding for Israel. So really, it's really related. So this is basically one good news story, but it's a second one um, that I, I <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm I mean, right? You, you see the connection, right? I, I see it, man. I see it. They're they're definitely in the same universe, like literally in the same universe. Like this is yeah. it's so obvious the connection on this one. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there was a guy from East Lansing and. Uh, there was a judge that that ruled against the city, uh, citing that it violated a, a Catholic's family's uh, right to religious freedom. Uh, the family was banned from selling at a Michigan farmer's market in 2016. And I remember this when it happened. We just thought, this is the craziest thing ever. They were banned from selling at the farmer's market, which I don't know how many people listening, if you've ever been to a farmer's market. I'm from the country. I, I'm very familiar with the farmer's market. You go and, and it's better than the grocery store, right? You go and you buy your fruits and your vegetables. It's awesome. It's so fun. You can connect with people, talk with people, and you can look over what's there. It's a farmer's market. 
And they were told they could not be there because they believe marriage was between one man and one woman. Uh, I mean, just, it's so crazy. What farmer is at the farmer's market who doesn't know there's two genders and marriage is a man and woman? I mean, this, this is so ridiculous, <laughs> right? right? This is crazy. But the good wait, are you saying they have examples like all over the farm <laughs> that, that 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 help them to understand male and female? I'm incorrect. Yes, you don't put a bunch of heifers in a field and and start waiting for them to get pregnant and have babies. Like, nope, you got to put the bull in there because <laughs> you understand how this works. It's so simple. Uh, nonetheless, um, Alliance Defending Freedom represented them. They were able uh, to help them get the victory after six years. And, and again, like it, it is crazy that it took six years for that to happen. But six years later, they do have a victory. Uh, To me, it does again illustrate that we have to be willing to fight and persevere, not just show up one time, but persevere until we win. Because not only did they get the win, but now they have helped set a precedent that if there are these issues again, now it's so much easier for attorneys to go, hey, there's this case right over here where this was determined very, very plainly, very clearly, right? This should not be complicated. So they're setting a precedent that can impact all of the rest of America. So this th- this is really good news and encouraging and really kudos to this family for having the perseverance for six years to go through this process, uh, all of the nonsense. And of course, having a life-submitting freedom represent them uh, that, that, that financial burden was, uh, not what it could have been. Um, but this is the teens family. I'm probably mispronouncing that it's T E N N E S. Uh, so I did Tina's tens. I I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, just kudos to them. Uh, and, and, and if anybody knows them, man, thank them. Uh, Steve, uh, is the owner of country mills farms and the one, uh, one of the members of the family. So just, Kudos to them for their courage and bravery on this or perseverance to see this go through and really good news. They got the win. And I was very, very unfair to you, Tim. I said that your two stories were in the same universe. Um, they're actually even in the same galaxy. So it's even more narrowed down uh, and, and, and actually even in the same solar system and frankly, the same planet. So well done, sir. Uh, let's see, guys. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. David will have some more good news for us. So stay with us. You're listening to Wallbubbers. Hey guys, we want to let you know about a new resource we have at Wall Builders called The American Story. For so many years, people have asked us to do a history book to help tell more of the story that's just not known or not told today. And we would say very providentially in the midst of all of the new attacks coming out against America, whether it be from things like the 1619 Project that say America is evil and everything in America was built off slavery, which is certainly not true, or things like even the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization itself, not not the statement Black Lives Matter, but the organization that says we're against everything that America was built on and this is part of the Marxist ideology. There's so many things attacking America. Well, is America worth defending? What is the true story of America? We actually have written and told that story. Starting with Christopher Columbus, going roughly through Abraham Lincoln, we tell the story of America not as the story of a perfect nation or a perfect people, but the story of how God used these imperfect people and did great things through this nation. It's a story you want to check out. Wallbuilders.com, The American Story. We're back here on Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. It's Good News Friday. More good news at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. Let's get back into the good news. Uh, David's got the next piece of good news. All right, David, now that we've picked on you, 
uh, for most of the program today. Uh, you get to bring us home. What's our What's our final couple? We did not pick on him for most of the program because his good news took most of the program to this point. Uh, that's true. So, <laughs> that's right. Only Only for a couple of minutes of the program. Yeah. Yeah, this oh, is. I, I'm just in shock that, that you've picked, you've never picked on me before. And never, and I, I'm never. not sure how to handle this. And we didn't and learn it from is, you either. No, 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 we didn't learn it from you at all. No, it wasn't. that's right. <laughs> all right, brother. What, no, no, what's, no. Uh, where are we headed for? Yeah. We talked about how that in in Eastern Europe, after the the Soviet Union fell apart, that a lot of those emerging nations have really tried to be very. Christian, very biblically oriented. Poland is one. Uh, Tim, you and I have been to Poland. We've taken congressional trips over to Poland, Codell's, and those people are amazing. I think it's 93 or 97% Christian, and they are just genuinely nice people. Uh, they they love conservative policies. They don't believe their universities should teach woke stuff at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, we talked to their education minister, and he was really upset that the universities are starting to teach things that would not be usable in jobs, and, and universities are about getting jobs. And, and it was just so refreshing. But there in, in Hungary and Czechoslovakia, Romania, there's several of those young nations that have really emerged to, to try to be biblical nations out from under the, the, the fist of the Soviet Union. Uh, and they've come back really well and done really good things. And, and so here's one. It says the Czech defense minister calls for the withdrawal from the United Nations. So defense minister wants Czech, Czechoslovakia out of the U.N. because of the way the U.N. is treating Israel. I'll just read part of the, the article here. It says the Czech Republic's top defense official is calling for her country to leave the United Nations after its central policymaking body approved a resolution demanding a ceasefire in Gaza, but failing to mention killings and kidnappings of civilians committed in Israel by Hamas. The Czech Republic was one of 14 U.N. members that voted again to get that only 14 members in the U.N. voted in behalf of Israel. The rest went the other way. Uh, this resolution overwhelmingly passed 120 supporting it, 45 abstentions, and only 14 against it. So the, the Canadians put forth an amendment that would have demanded that you condemn Hamas atrocities and, and command an unconditional release of all hostages. And they couldn't get but 55 of the nations to say that that. Hamas should be condemned, the hostages should be released. So you have very few European nations, Austria and Hungary, they also uh, stood alongside and the United States did and, and some of the Pacific Islands. But it's just, it's really embarrassing how far off the UN is. Uh, it takes so much money out of our budget every year and liberals and regressives just insist that we have to be part of this global body. And it is a useless global body unless you're promoting really leftist stuff. And then it's great for that. But for anyone who has a constitutional perspective, a constitutional viewpoint, or that wants to support something that actually does something good, this is not it. And kudos to Czechoslovakia for being so bold and going out front and making this a, a national issue. I don't recall most of our American media talking anything about America voting against this, this crazy resolution, but we were one of the 14 nations. But for some reason, they're willing to note that Czechoslovakia voted against it, and good for them. At least it's out there that the U.N. is not going to condemn Hamas and all the atrocities, and it's not going to call for the hostages to be released. Crazy stuff, but good for Czechoslovakia. All right, guys, we actually have a couple of minutes left. So, so hey, Tim, why don't I bring it back to you and you get an extra? This would put you ahead. No, no, this would actually just bring you into a tie. That's right, yeah. So, so you at least get to close with it. This is your chance for a three-point jumper at the end of the game for the tie. Well, uh, okay, we, we can go to overtime and find out what happens then. So... Uh, this one is from Delaware, and it identifies that abortions decline 20% as more babies are saved from abortion. 
And this study identifies, it's lifenews.com, they identify the numbers over the last many years and seeing the percentage decline in Delaware. And this is something that was, the numbers in this go through 2021, but this, however long it took them to figure the data and come out with it, uh, they're identifying the decline. And this is before the overturning of Roe as they're they're walking through this because they identified that uh, the row overturn was in June 2022, uh, and uh, abortion laws in Delaware did not change, uh, and yet they have seen a change in abortions even leading up to this. Now, the the only caveat and balance I would say is that as we see some of these reports, we also get indications that uh, th- there's a lot of of medical pills uh, that are being utilized sent across state lines, and so it's some of that industry is changing. Nonetheless, for the available data that we have, it is always good news when we see that babies' lives are being saved and that fewer abortions are being had. All right, guys. Well, I'm actually going to close out uh, with not another good, typical good news story, but a good news email that we got from one of our listeners. And folks, you can send those into radio at wallbuilders.com. This one's from Maddie. She said, hello, my name's Maddie, and I've been listening to Wallbuilders Live for about a year or two now. Just wanted to thank all of you at Wallbuilders for being a positive light in this time of darkness. I recently moved to Alabama after graduating college, and when I moved, I wanted to really put effort into being involved in my new community. Recently in my area, there's been some controversy over some books at our public library. I've attended several city council meetings where the topic has been discussed, and I also took a look at some of the books they were talking about to see if there really was an issue. Long story short, there were some books that are not good for children to be reading. After a spiritual battle, I decided to go to the library board meeting today. I wasn't planning on saying anything. I'm really shy and pretty awkward but I really felt the Lord moving in my heart to stand up for the innocence of the children in my community. So why am I telling you this? Well, I would not have even considered getting involved in local government and politics if you all were not following the Lord by putting on wall builders. I would have never known that I could make a difference. I would have never known that people around the country have succeeded in making a difference. I don't know if what I said will make any difference at all, but what I do know is that I was completely enveloped in the Holy Spirit in that moment. Again, I just want to say a big thank you for all the work you are doing and for the Wall Builders Show. It is so needed and so appreciated. God bless, Maddie. Well, Maddie, God bless you. I'm tearing up thinking about the fact that you had the courage to stand up and speak truth, that you felt the Lord using you in that moment. And we are thankful here, all of us on the Wall Builders team are thankful that we could be a voice of encouragement for you to do that. Thanks so much for listening today, folks. You've been listening to Wall Builders. Stand on divine.